But man, firstly, welcome here. Thank you for accepting my offer and joining my show. It really means a lot about me. And I can't wait for you to share what do you have in mind with us. But before jumping into more important questions, tell us more about your story. Well, um, right now I am 22 years old. That's quite young, but there are younger folks who are killing it out there. But it's never too late. A um, little bit about myself. I am from the United States. Um, I live near DC. So oftentimes you do see a lot of business out here, but it's, it's quite inspiration rather. Um, growing up, I grew up, in, um, grew up in a middle-class family or working class in some of the places. So wealth hasn't exactly been a family thing for me. So I just want to change it up. Don't really want to live the life my folks envision me to. Um, I'm also a college dropout. That, I mean, that's the, that's the weirdest thing I could ever say. No, not really. But yeah, so I am a college dropout. That's setting something different right there. College isn't exactly my thing. Uh, <laughs> So why did you decide to drop out? What made you decide that? So growing up, you always get indoctrinated in the idea that you go to school for basically a decade or two of your life, and then you come out and go get a job in the workforce. That's ideal, but when you find out other means of actually making it out there, it becomes a lot different. See, going through school, you're just learning a bunch of things, but for what purpose? There's no real purpose behind it other than to just sponge yourself up with knowledge. But where's that knowledge going to go? There's no real application for it. And once you graduate, let's say, out of secondary school or high school, and you go into like university or college, then you end up learning basically the same thing. But this time, you have to pay for it. And I also find it very obscene that the price for, let's say, post-secondary education or college is not worth what it used to be. If anything, if you look at it in a business sense, it's good marketing, but the product is awful. So that's why I decided to drop out. It was not a good use of my time. And frankly, who wants to sit around basically a semester learning mostly stuff you should have learned in high school or wherever having to pay for it and it has absolutely nothing to do with what you want to do so right now what business what kind of a business were you running high ticket closing i believe the high ticket closing is closing it's not exactly a business however the real business model would be coaching see in coaching it's a lot different um like any coach, you are advising rather. You get paid really to do, let's say, with your words. Um, how do I say this? People pay you to keep them accountable and to give them ideas and a guiding hand. It's same this case like baseball or any sport. You have your coach, but your coach is not the person who's swinging the bat or shooting the basketball. 
but he inspires and keeps people accountable and holds them to a standard. So it's like, it's like support in a way, but also a guiding hand. But I only got into it because I see it as something that I would excel at, not only financially, but I've always had that kind of, I always had that kind of spirit there at least to say things to people, influence them, and get them to do the things that will help them succeed. And for a good price, of course. <laughs> of course, man. World ain't free. It so, isn't. <laughs> you told us about your college experience, but can you tell us more about your childhood and high school experience? So growing up, I grew up in a Asian household. Um, most of my parents, or well, most of the time, my parents be hounding at me, telling me, hey, go to school, get good grades, and get a good job. Well, go to college, and then go to get, get a good job. And for a long time, I believed in that, even at the expense of, let's say, my own personal ambitions of what I really felt at the time. Uh, but speaking about, let's say, uh, my childhood, uh, I grew up with a mom, a dad, and a sister. I have two half-sisters, but they are beyond older than me at this point, and they've had their own lives. Um, of course, I went through a whole schooling process. Uh, I was very quiet back then. Actually, English wasn't my first language, though at in time, it this basically became my well, my primary language. So oftentimes I would also say I was picked on a lot at school, but that's, that's kind of something that happens usually. At some point, the picking stops happening and nobody knows the better of it. Let's see. Um, in high school, things are, things became very different. See, I've been following through what my parents have been telling me this whole time and what society has been telling me the whole time. Go to school, get good grades, go to college and get a good job and work for 40 years of your life. And everyone thought that's the only path in life. So did I. And so this came through in my junior year in high school, um, 11th grade. And this was back around 2013, 14, 2013 or 14. And I bit off more than I could chew, at least at school, um, in terms of, let's say, classes and upholding grades and stuff. See, I'm not the best at, let's say, um, juggling all these really high-end courses, especially with what time I have, you know, A classes, advanced stuff, and having to do assignments for all of them. It's like, how do you do that? <laughs> At least I wasn't able to do it. Some people could, and kudos to that. But that wasn't for me, man. That let me down a very bad time because that shattered my reality of, hey, um, I won't be able to get a good job because my grades are going to be horrible and I can't get a good college because my grades were suffering. And so that eventually turned me to actually look into alternatives. And it turns out, well, at least the first step was finding how ridiculous the education system was, and that's not geared towards teaching you how to be successful, really. It's just teaching you to be 
another gear in the machine or cog or whatever. And that didn't click well with me. Um, during that time, you could say, yes, I was dis disillusioned and pretty angry at realizing, hey, all this time I've been wasting pursuing these good grades when they really don't matter because you realize that college degree degrees are starting to mean less and less over the years. And that would mean what would my high school degree at all? High school, well, it, it wouldn't mean anything. And so from that on, um, it just began my, let's, I would call it a journey rather, um, to at least to get to this point to eventually drop out of college as well. Um, I guess you could say during my high school time, it was very different. Um, I was quiet, nobody really knew me, it wasn't social. I had a very, very, very small group of friends. And I'm not sure about how things are now, but I've changed a lot since then. So I really agree with that about the education system. It's so broken, it can't be done, man. You can't fix it, it's too broken. That's right. You gotta go with it, but then it you, doesn't matter if you go to college, university or not. I mean, you still can succeed. And in, actually, I had a pretty interesting conversation with one my one of my teachers. Hmm. He was speaking at my class after the exams because we have exams in the seventh grade. Mm -hmm. She told us, told most of us to go there, to go to a professional school, actually gymnasium Bulgarian, but high school on uh, English. So mm -hmm. she told them to go there to learn a profession and earn like uh, $1,000 per month. But that ain't enough, man. That ain't enough. It is. How are you going? It's, it's new times. You have to earn more and do something that you love. I mean, that's 21st century, not industrial age. It's digital age. That's right. Okay, now explain us in details about your journey. How did you end up on your coaching, on business coaching and you know, real estate? So um, how I ended up here, um, it's kind of a long journey, of course. Sometimes you're so indoctrinated that you don't really recognize what is out there until you actually go out there and search because sometimes you just don't have any options to when the pain of man, if I'm going to be working 40 years of my life, working for this company or whatever for what three grand a month, at least in the States, I just wonder how am I going to live life like that? You know, I have all these pursuits and ambitions, but none of these things match what I want. And so, um, during my time in high school, I actually ended up joining the army. Um, I joined in the reserve component um, in, the, in the States. Um, I joined the National Guard. And so as soon as I graduated high school, I actually didn't even attend my graduation. I just went straight to the army, um, got my training and all, came back, had some sort of money, but I ended up spending that on a semester in college. That didn't lead me anywhere. I just ended up broken in college after all that time. And so thinking about that, it was like, man, I'm broke again. This doesn't feel good. 
and I'm just sitting here aimlessly doing classes that I swore I wasn't going to do, but I am here doing it anyway. It gave me plenty of time to think, but that wasn't exactly how things, let's say, panned out. Like, if I had the same beliefs I had right now, I would not have went to college. But during that time, I was still under those influences and still believed, hey, maybe this is right for me. I also, at that time, did not have a good opinion about rich people. And that's not a good idea to have. I mean, why would you hate on the rich? At least in my time, I was really hating on them because they have it all where I don't have it. And all these unfortunate people don't have it either. So that really did hold me back in the ideas that, man, I want to be rich, but I hate rich people. How does that make sense? Okay. And eventually, you know, um, times got bad. Let's say I'm uh, my second semester in college. I ended up in debt because, you know, I got the idea. Yeah, just drop out of college. Sick and tired of this anyway. And so I did. Um, of course, I did take some sort of financial loan from the government at that time and well it was a grant but if you basically drop your classes before you know anything is well done the semester is done you have to pay it back or at least pay the remaining money back and i was broke at that time i wasn't even working a job i was just working part-time in the army when my reserve time is in but most of that time was spent at school at least in, in the books or whatever and that was awful I was wondering how the hell I'm going to come up with a thousand dollars to pay off this debt. And so, well, I'm dropped out at the same time. I'm also in debt. And this was around uh, Christmas time in 2016. Um, I did pick up a job at that time, but uh, yeah, I quickly got fired because I got the schedule mixed up, which is unfortunate because I need the money. Uh, Let's see. So by that time, you know, I was dropped out and I also had the opportunity to go do some more training for the army. Right. So I volunteered for that. And I was in Florida for about seven weeks, just conducting some training over there, developing a new school, getting paid while doing so. And during that time, you know, I actually was able to pay off my debt and come out with some sort of money. Pretty happy about that. But from there, I would just stop work, like stopped going to school. Like I took a break from it or just my first time I dropped out, of course. Um, so it's just at that time, I was just in the workforce. But that also made me realize at that time, wow, my hometown doesn't have any high paying jobs. Most of the jobs I see tend to be, let's say, fast food, retail or anything of those sorts nothing high paying at all, nothing specialized. And so that made me think maybe I should go back to college and get something specialized because that's kind of the whole purpose, right? So that I could at least get some more money monthly and be able to pursue some other things. But then that would mean I have to spend four years, but I don't have four years. Nobody has time that they've already lost. But regardless, I ended up going back to college again. And that wasn't exactly the best place in mind. But that was introduced to more ideas because 
I was actually searching for something better than just going to school. At that time, school was the best option I had, but I just didn't know any better until you find out later. So I found out later, hey, you know, all these, inf I actually found out some influencers who actually talk about money. And I didn't know much about money at all. You know, the funniest thing they don't really teach in school is the importance of money. It's just kind of like, hey, it's a course and it's also briefly touched on. Nobody emphasizes the importance of it. Your peers don't help at all because they're just concerned about, man, look at this new iPhone I got, man. How about this party we're gonna go to tomorrow? We don't need this class. Money ain't anything. And that's the unfortunate part because coming to find that out at least after you at least graduate from secondary school or wherever you actually find the importance of money when you don't have it and that's when you really start paying attention and unfortunately it doesn't ha it didn't have to be that way if only we actually emphasize the importance of it now but yeah Going back to uh, my story, of course, um, from there, I discovered, um, let's say, these influencers online, and I started following them, consuming their content. Um, eventually, I actually came into, uh, you know, the viewing of this influencer called, uh, named Dan Locke. Ooh, nice. He's, he's quite the hit, he's quite the hit, like, right now he is quite the hit and i learned quite a lot from him because he's someone i could see as you know similar to my story uh, of course um i had the fortunate part of growing up let's say with you know two parents and the sibling he didn't he was just living in vancouver in a rundown area with just his mom barely able to afford rent bullied a lot in school English was even his first language, and right now he is close to a, a billion dollars, close to it. This man really has impacted me because I was able to see myself in through him. And that is just was able to push me to say, you know what, I am going to drop out of school again, for real this time, and will never come back. So... Upon doing that, you know, I took some of his courses as well. Actually started raising my business acumen and understanding how business really works and money. I mean, of course, you're not going to get everything immediately. That takes time to sink in, especially if by previous accounts, you didn't know anything about this world. And the possibilities are endless. So one could only imagine that once you're basically just drinking out of a fire hose, it's going to take time for you to absorb all that knowledge. And it's still a learning process, of course. So you basically enrolled in Dan Lock University. Uh, you know, the course, actually. Yes, um, his uh, high-ticket closing course. Was it, like, really helpful for your business or was some extra knowledge? Um, it's not only helpful, like um, knowledge-wise, but it has been very helpful, let's say, in business as well. But not just in business, but also in other parts of life. Let's say in particular, you know, life, when you talk to people, it's really sales. 
and the closing aspect of it, it's basically influencing people to do what you intend or at least want them to do. So I could see it as, you know, also an application to, let's say, in a conversation piece, when you want to talk to people and you want them to do a certain thing, how can you get them to do it? I saw it as also a, a social tool in addition to a business tool. So I'm pretty sure right now that some, some people who are going to listen to this are just, you know, small business owners looking for a business coach. How can you help them? Because you're a business coach. <laughs> so um, a lot of things about small businesses, it's, it's quite funny. Um, most people who start off small businesses, they tend to be specialists in what they do. Let's say if you are a plumber, you know how to get yourself around the toilet, which is cool and all. It's very handy. But the problem comes is like, there's so many plumbers out there. How do people distinguish you from the other or your competition? Why should they choose them or you over anyone else? So the difficult part comes from when you're a specialist in a particular field, but you don't exactly know the business aspect of the other. Now, I'm not going to say that every small business owner doesn't know this, but there's a statistic that goes 90% of small businesses fail within their first year. And that only has to do in part because a lack of business acumen, not exactly a lack in your specialized knowledge. Yeah, but to be honest, in, in times like this, everyone can start a business and not everyone just take it seriously. They just think they can earn easy money and that's why they fail. I mean, Let's look at the U.S., USA, the best country to start a business. business. Mm. 70% out of all small businesses in the world fail in the USA. It's just, I mean, like you said, but also with lack of plan, lack of any general knowledge, lack of mentors. I, I would say budget, but yeah, everyone can start a business for free. Like podcasting. You don't need so much things to start for podcasting. <laughs> yeah. So my next question is, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you see the rules of your hard work? So the rules, actually, not the rules. <laughs> so the determining factor, whether or not, you know, where you see yourself in five years is, how hungry are you to go get it? How much do you believe in yourself? How much conviction do you have to pursue what you really want? Uh, business coaching isn't exactly what I want to do for the rest of my life. However, it's been a good stepping stone for, let's say, a foundation for building the future. Um, I simply got into business because it would help me independently finance my own other pursuits. Um, in five years, I could definitely see myself in music and acting and potentially doing something, let's say on, well, let's say video platforms like YouTube. A lot of businesses transferred over to, let's say more personalized viewing right there because nobody really watches TV these days. They mostly on their smartphones or whichever mobile devices that have connection to the internet. So where I see myself in five years is doing music and acting 
but also have the business acumen to, let's say, influence and perhaps continue business on the side once you have those finances in place to actually make a difference. Who knows? You can make the next Spotify. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. I would actually, I'm actually the kind of person that would prefer to be in the creation of you know, music. I'm cool if I somehow made a platform for music that would rival Spotify. That wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> have you had the chance to personally meet Dan Locke and actually have a conversation with him? Uh, personally, no. His time is worth a lot. Now, I always believe in that, you know, you can't just, you know, meet someone who is of, let's say, higher rapport, stature, or whatever, while where you are right now. And so I always find value in giving value before I even meet, let's say, someone influence, you know? What can I offer them? Because certainly they can offer so much to me, but what are you going to pay for it? There's a price to knowledge, and simply, you know, you can't just be always asking, hey, give me this thing for free. It doesn't work like that. But always consider it as, you know, personal investment into yourself when, let's say, you know, you want to meet someone of high influence. You got to be able to pay the price for it. What is your philosophy on connecting life on life? I like going to network events. Are you supporting those network events? Uh, supporting those events. Um, could you be specific about that? Like, do you support that networking events are worth it and you like going to such? Or you prefer more on like social media connections and networking? So it's, it's kind of half and half right there because I really find importance in being able to see face-to-face -face with people. Let's say in seminars or actual like, you know, workshops. Those are pretty nice. You get to meet the people there. You get to interact with them, perhaps build connections. Or if anything, if it's good enough, you could potentially find some JVs there. Um, and then let's say for, you know, online influence, that is the, that is perhaps the most easiest thing to do. Well, not the easiest, but the best option right there, because the globe is your reach at that point, And, having a global audience will not only say, Hey, let's say, you know, how many people know you, but how many people your impact. And most importantly, it's frankly very inexpensive to do so. You can actually just make content. People will watch it. And if they like it, they'll just continue to consume and you'll actually build trust in there and without ever having to speak with them or meet them. You mentioned that in high school, you're spending some time in the libraries. What kind of a books did you read? And what kind of books did you read today? Well, to be honest, I never really read books while I was in high school. Um, it takes, let's say, a bad English class to force you to read books to be like, I don't really want to read. <laughs> But since afterwards, um, you know, getting into, let's say, business and learning all this, um, I actually 
have some books in the corner that I would like to you know point out. So there's this book called Social by Matthew D. Lieberman. Um, this is just actually to enter, let's say, the psychology of people and how to interact with them, which is very important, let's say, for business because it's really a person-to-person -person interaction. And having that ability to interact with people pretty effectively really helps. Um, you have your classics like Think and Grow Rich and, let's say, How to Win Friends and Influence, other, uh, influence People. Because, let's face it, trust is really the thing that gets business done. Nobody hands over money just because you ask for it. You have to have some sort of rapport and trust built already before they can justify, hey, you know, I trust this person and I can give him money. That That's kind of how it works. Um, let's see. I also have this other book called um, Escape by Anik Singhal. He actually lives... Um, well, pretty close to me. Um, at least he's about, let's say, a state away. No. I live in Virginia, Northern Virginia, near DC, and he lives in Maryland. So that's quite a, not that far of a drive. So having those influences really help, um, especially reading the challenges of other people, successful people. I'm, by the way, I really like him. How to Influence and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. I'm reading it right now, man. Just the knowledge out there is immortal. You just, you can't get past, but you have to read it. You have to implement it. It really is like good for uh, marketers and sellers, yeah. actually. It's really the human psychology deeply. So right now with your business coaching uh, venture, What's the major problem you're facing? So sometimes you could say the major problems you're facing, uh, in my case I'm facing, is when nobody knows you, really, when nobody knows you, and the thing is most people, they're not exactly looking for business coaching. So nobody, no small business owner wakes up, you know, and says, man, I need a business coach. Sometimes, let's say, like, you know, like a person would say, man, my back hurts. I really need to see the doctor today. Most people, at least business owners, aren't exactly looking for, man, I need help in business. Generally, they would ask, let's say, their other business friends for advice or anything else of the matter. Let's say from their peers who also don't exactly have, you know, specialized knowledge and how business runs they just know what they know and that's respectable you can learn the intricacies of business you know, through trial and error but the problem with trial and error is that do you have the time to invest in it let's say if you're 30 years old and you decide to open up a business right now i mean and prior to that you actually have business knowledge how are you going to get everything sorted out all the unexpected things that happen along the way, especially when you run a business, because your business like lives or dies based on the cash flow. If you can't get money out of it to pay off the expenses, your business is toast. So basically, right now, alongside that, you have a problem with you know the recognition, like I mean, 
getting getting more known. It, it isn't exactly about you know being known or anything, but you know it's already in a difficult position. Um, nobody is looking for a let's say a business coach or whatever. Nobody wakes up and looks for one. So the only way you can counter that is to address the pains of them because all business owners have their own issues. Nobody in this world is without issues. But when you have a prime issue that really affects you, let's say in this case, let's pretend I'm a business owner and sure, I make a fine living, but that's only enough to cover my expenses. And I'm just wondering, how do I make more money? you don't really know. So you ask some of your friends, they tell you this, they tell you that sometimes you influence, sometimes you don't. You're not exactly looking for it until, you know, somebody starts addressing those pains and, you know, answers them for you. It's like, Hey, are you facing this kind of problem? And if you are naturally you'd be like, Oh man, this sounds like me. Maybe I should take a look. So the idea is you have to get yourself out there in order to present yourself as, hey, I'm the one you should go to. I and, personally think, yeah, yeah, uh, you can continue. Sorry for the interruption. Uh, no, don't worry. Um, so that's the only way, at least in my position right now, to counteract that because nobody goes out looking for, you know, let's say a business coach. It it's also goes into the theory of, how buyers work these days. Nobody goes to the store and be like asking you questions. Hey, um, I want to buy this because back then most of the buying power was in the hands of the person operating the stores. You have to go there in order to, let's say, check things out and actually get to buy. But now in the digital age, you have so much information. You can choose whether or not you want to buy from this vendor or that vendor. So in this day and age, you can't just be like, you know, if you want to buy this car, well, you got to talk to me. No, you can just go online, check the price of that car, make a model or anything. And you can choose for yourself whether or not you want to buy it. That, that also ties in with, let's say, with marketing and advertising. But that, that's, that's, something, that's something related to it. Um, but yeah, uh, you have to put yourself in front of others. And let them see, hey, I'm the one you should go with, or at least give that impression, hey, I'm knowledgeable, I understand your problems, just check me out, see what happens, or at least if they want to check it out. The point is to make them check it out, of course, and move them through extra steps to, let's say, I wouldn't say secure their loyalty, but get them interested, let them see what you have to offer, pique their interest, and turn them from, let's say, a walk-in customer or something to somebody who's more or less interested in what you have to say. And if you nurture it right, they could be a fellow customer later down the line. I personally think that for this kind of a problem, LinkedIn is just the best. I mean, one of my previous guests told me that LinkedIn is like Facebook on steroids. You can basically really... Uh, grow yourself actually and your brand or your service and anything like that with LinkedIn. I mean, you don't have limitations to connections. You can connect to thousands of people online. You can connect to someone who can help you with that problem or you can connect to someone who you can solve his problem. The power of social media, man. 
I do hear a lot about LinkedIn being basically that on steroids. So that that's very helpful, at least on my end. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, everyone is saying Instagram is king, but LinkedIn is just the old vet, man. It's just a veteran. <laughs> yeah. And it also does depend on your target audience. Most of your audience, if you're looking at Instagram, is mostly younger folks. Yeah. That's how Kyle Jenner became a billionaire, huh? <laughs> okay. So one last question. We're going to wrap up that interview because it was amazing experience, man. Oh, thank you. How can my listeners contact you? So I do have a LinkedIn and uh, my LinkedIn would be, let me pull that up. Um, Jason J. Wong. Um, you could also find me on Facebook. Uh, of course, LinkedIn would be perhaps the best option. Um, hmm, Instagram, not so much. That's, that's it. That's kind of drift. That's quite different for now. But yes, yeah, so I am on LinkedIn. Uh, that is Jason J. Wong. Um, I'm pretty sure they have a LinkedIn number right there. But that's just me, Jason J. Wong, um, the Asian dude from the Washington, D.C. metro area. <laughs> what would you say to the audience right now as the as ending for that interview? What are you going to advise them to do? I would advise them to... Uh, actually, no, that, that, that depends. Um what would your audience be thinking? I want to answer more specifically. My audience is actually the people that are still struggling to succeed, but have the hustle to do it and they want to do it. The 99% which want to become the 1%. Okay, okay. So I have a series of little tidbits to say. One is don't fucking give up. If you want it that bad, you know you have the courage to do so. Don't give up on it because things will get bad. It's just a matter of how much you can take and keep going because the results you want, it's there. You need to pay the price though. Another would be if you are starting business, be, be careful about your finances. Be very careful. Because once you're out of money to do anything, that's when things go downhill. A lot of problems spring up because of lack of money. So what I'm saying is also be able to budget effectively, very effectively. Because keeping that budget will keep you in check as well. If you can't afford those expenses or make certain moves, your budget will tell you that you can't or cannot. And also tell you whether you should cut some expenses or not, or what you can afford to risk and add on to your expenses. And my final piece of advice would be anything that can go bad, it can, and it probably will because mm -hmm. it's happened to me. I'm not saying what happens All to right. everyone, but expect it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta be ready for anything, man. All right. Thank you for that interview, man. I hope we're going to stay there because you're just a future master. And I would really like to learn from you. Oh, much Which one interview can't can take. So 
I suggest here we say goodbye. Keep hustling, man, and I'll see you at the top. Hey, of course. We'll see each other again, perhaps. Yep. See you, man. man. All right. Take care. Hello, everyone. How are you guys today? I had the honor of interviewing right now, right now, guys, Jason J. Wong, a business coach, graduate from the Dunlock University, who dropped out from college, got back, met Dunlock's videos, actually, and dropped out again. That's an amazing and just, it's amazing tale. His story is just amazing. His journey is even more. So I suggest you to listen to this podcast, make sure to contact Jason because he is a mastermind and make the valuable connection guys because connections right now are the new sexy. I'll see you soon. Like always, keep the hustle and listen to this masterclass.